One evening, an elder Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside all people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us. One is fear. It carries anxiety, concern, uncertainty, hesitancy, indecision, and inaction. The other is faith. It brings calm, conviction, confidence, enthusiasm, decisiveness, excitement, and action. The grandson thought about it for a moment and then meekly asked his grandfather, Which wolf wins? The old Cherokee replied, The one you feed. I'm Curtis, that guy over there is Joe, and we are Dudes in Progress. Hey, Joe. Kurt, are we in progress or are we in action? (laughs) We're always in progress. Hey, in order to figure out what I mean by that, there's a there's a bit of an inside joke behind what I just said. Uh, tune into the after show today because uh, something funny just happened. But, I messed yeah, up. Cool. It's going to sound perfect in editing, Joe. I'm an excellent editor. What's going on, my friend? <sighs> Are you ready to live intentionally, Joe? That's our theme for this next four shows or a month of I shows. Am. I am ready. But let me ask you this, Kurt, which wolf do you feed the most? <laughs> oh, you, you you always ask the most uh, prophetic questions. I didn't. Th- I love that little story, though. It is cool. You know, I found that from the book that we're going to review, at least my review is going to be of this book called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. Yeah, much of much of your part's going to come from the one thing, and much of my part will come from essentialism. Uh, and uh, I'll dig into essentialism next week. You'll dig into the one thing this week, and I am really excited about this subject: living intentionally, mm-hmm. focusing on what's important in life, and making those things happen. Yeah, the one thing is by Gary Keller. But you Great asked me book. a question. I did. I thought you were ignoring it. I did, sort of. I sort of sidetracked it. You know, we all play both sides of that, don't we? Probably too often, we the one battle between that wolf of fear definitely can get you to procrastinate and do all these things he's talking about, indecision, inaction. But certainly... When you're when you're winning, you're playing that other wolf of confidence, enthusiasm, excitement, action. That's the big thing, I think, is really important in this intentional living we're going to be talking about. I have a I have a deeper question. Seriously, a deeper question to that. If we can wow. answer it, what is the food we're feeding the wolf? If we had to, if we had to continue with that analogy with that parable. What do we feed the wolf? Well, in his little story, he's just talking about these, he says, conviction, confidence, enthusiasm. That's what you want to feed him. That drives him. Drives him forward. You don't want to feed him anxiety, hesitancy, indecision, inaction. Why do we then? Why do we, why do Mm. we, why do we fill that bowl up with all those things? And, and try to feed our wolf. 
<laughs> Indecisiveness and inaction, procrastination. It's a good question. That's why we do this. This is one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast. Ask those questions. Why take a? Deep I don't know look the answer. Inside. I, I, I don't right. know the answer. I I I I just want to know how to move forward and quit eating the junk. <laughs> Eat the good stuff, man. Right. Sometimes you just gotta move forward any way you can. And I think that's a a big part of this book, the one thing. I think you've read this book too, right, Joe? I have. I know I we have. talked about it in the it's past. Fantastic. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of the introduction. A few chapters that start with talking about what the one thing is. And also there's a section here on the lies, the six lies between you and success. Maybe we'll find something there to answer your question. And then the truth. I like this was one of the favorite part of the books. There are questions where you can get to the truth, Joe, that you should be asking yourself. So the, the biggest question that he opens up with, he said, finally, out of desperation, I went as small as I could possibly go and asked, what's the one thing you can do this week? such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. And he says, the most awesome things happened. That is the question, right? I, you know, it is, the, it is the, I think, the theme of the whole book. That is the question throughout this book, is what is the one thing I can do right now that by doing so will make everything else either unnecessary or irrelevant? Something like that. I'm... I'm, I'm I turned it into a Joeism. Sorry. <laughs> I like your Joeisms. When I get to the end of this, I'll go through some really good examples of some questions in different areas of your life that you can ask that question. Things that you might want to focus on that might be the one thing for you right now. He says, going small is ignoring all the things you could do and doing what you should do. I'm not sure I understand what you just said, Kurt. So he's saying, you know, you have a lot of things that you could be doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> going, going small, you got to focus. Yeah, you know, this is all about priorities. He, he gets into that too. Just because you're busy doing a lot of things doesn't mean you're getting the right things done. Gotcha, gotcha. And going small is ignoring all the things you could do and doing what you should do. It's res it's recognizing that not all things matter equally. And finding the things that matter most. It's a tighter way to connect what you do with what you want. It's realizing that extraordinary results are directly determined by how narrow you can make your focus. You know, we all get busy doing stuff. <laughs> Interruptions. There's, there's so many things that take our attention. And he gives some ideas of how you can tackle that. I get busy. Sometimes I find stuff to be busy with because I don't want to do the important thing. <laughs> That's true. Right. That's procrastination. Yeah. You feel that good is procrastination. about procrastination. You feel good. Cause you feel like you're accomplishing something. Uh, when really all you've done is organized your, your paper clips to all face the same direction. <laughs> right. But is that really getting the, the most important things done? Right. Right. And we've all been there, Kurt. Yeah. We've all been there. Absolutely. We've talked about my Kanban boards at work that I feel really proud of. Our team every Monday focuses on the things that we feel are the most important things. 
things that we've been talking about for maybe several weeks. I mean, there could be a few emergencies that pop up that we got to deal with, but we're trying to do the right things that, you know, and this is, this is important too. You need to be doing fewer things with more effect instead of doing more things with side effects. You know, there's some things we talk about the 80, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. And you the know, Pareto this. Rule. yeah, the Pareto, Pareto rule, 20% principle. of those things are really what's going to move you forward. A lot of times we spend our time doing those 80%. They don't have as much impact. I said that to my daughter recently, who's been out of college for a couple of years. I think she saw me doing nothing one afternoon. She's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I said to her, well, I got something, you know, I did something really important today that had a big effect on the entire company. So I'm going to take a little break right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I love the Pareto principle because it's so true in almost every aspect of our life, maybe every aspect of our life where results are focused on, uh, where result, where results are measured, whether it's our finances, whether it's our activity, our activity, the things that we do, the sales we make, the money we make, whatever it is, 80% of those results come from 20% of the activity. Yeah. And it's amazing. When we measure how true that is. Now it might be 15 to 85. It might be the, the it'll, it'll maybe swing five, five points here or there, but for the most part, it's, it's almost right on 80, 20. Yeah. The secret is identifying that and having that courage to go after it relentlessly to you. Now he talks about, he uses the domino effect in, in making his point says getting extraordinary results. So when you think about success, shoot for the moon. The moon is reachable if you prioritize everything and put all of your energy into accomplishing the most important thing. Getting extraordinary results is all about creating a domino effect in your life. Highly successful people know this. So every day they line up their priorities anew, find the lead domino and whack it away until it falls. The idea behind the lead domino though is the, is if I remember the illustration right in this book, that lead domino is small. Then it hits a bigger domino. Then it hits a bigger domino. It's momentum. And it's, yeah. It's amazing how much energy is created just by that one little domino. I can remember always being focused, maybe like I, I talked about getting a, another job because I wasn't happy where I was at. It always made me feel better if I just looked for job openings, maybe on a website or talk to somebody about it. I mean, it can be really frustrated in something I'm doing, but if you get focused on what it is you want to do, who, who could help you and, and just do a little, do a little thing in the right direction. It's amazing what you might feel. And he talks about this too. What you might feel is really difficult to achieve. Just like you said, hit one down and just keep, keep going after it. Do what you can with what you got. My dad always said. Passion for something leads to disproportionate time practicing or working at it. That time spent eventually translates to skill. And when skill improves, results improve. Better results generally lead to more enjoyment and more passion and more time is invested. It can be a virtuous cycle all the way to extraordinary results. It's more about the dominoes. It's about momentum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Once you get some momentum, a little little head of steam behind you, 
you can become unstoppable. Yeah, what seems impossible starts to look a little more possible as you move along. So he next chapter when he gets like a good start here is he talks about six lies between you and success. I'll just talk about these a little bit, but and the first lie is everything matters equally. I think we all again we think that we got to get everything done. We got to have all these balls in the air and keep them all going. He definitely says that is not the best. We know that's not the most productive way to do anything. And then we talked about this topic before. The other lie is multitasking. I think we hit that with exhaustion. Yeah. Before. It's, multitasking. I had this conversation. It's funny how these things come up. Like someone, <laughs> maybe, I don't know if this was appropriate to say, but I was having fun. I was working with three ladies and somehow this multitasking, see how this stuff gets in your subconscious? And I said, well, I, I'm a guy. I'm not good at multitasking. I know all you ladies are good at multitasking. And they, they laughed and they, they agreed with me. I said, you know what, though? You're not really multitasking. You're context switching. They kind of agreed. They were laughing. I had fun with it. But You know, thinking thinking that you can multitask, though, I know we, we've massaged this a lot, but to yeah. say it again, to think that you're able to multitask, you're really fooling yourself and you're hurting your own efficiency. Exactly. A disciplined life. Success is actually a short race, a sprint fueled by discipline, just long enough for habit to kick in and take over. Now, I knew you'd like this one, Joe. So he's talking mm-hmm. about successful people. They're not disciplined. They've created success habits. Success habits and routines. I'm telling you, man, it's the magic formula. If you can create habits in your life, and even more so, if you can create habits to con- a habit to concentrate on the one thing, magical things can happen. Yeah. A sprint fueled by discipline, just long enough for habit to kick in and take over and make it easy. So it's not really discipline at that point. It's just habit. It's habit. It's routine. And it's if you're magic. doing the right routines. I'm telling you, right. Kurt. If you're doing the right routines, that'll, that'll bring you success. Willpower is always on will call. <laughs> Another lie. You don't have never-ending willpower, Joe. You make doing what matters most a priority when your willpower is highest. In other words, you give it the time of day it deserves. And you know, but I think both of us know, the morning time. Anyone will tell you. If you want to get something that's a priority, get it done first. I do know people where whose whose willpower and ability to focus does come later in the day. Uh, I think for the most part, I'll speak for myself. It's always in the morning. If I need to be creative, if I need to get something done, if I need to buckle down, I have to do it before 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, ideally, I would do it very early and the most important stuff very early in the morning. But at work, if after 10 o'clock, I, some of those brainless, mundane activities start to kick in. Well, everyone else is taking your time, your interruptions. I mm-hmm. had three kids. I raised three kids. Not not just at work will people come and – I had one late, to, late this afternoon. It was a really difficult question and problem to solve late. At, I was lucky to push it off to the next day. 
I can't be working on the priorities late in the afternoon. Someone's going to be coming after me for something all the time. And when I got home after work, I had three kids I was running around doing all kinds of activities with. It would be silly to think I was going to do anything productive in, in the later hours. But I like this myth, Kurt. I like this myth uh, that calls out willpower as as being That's a how lie. does he put it you don't, you don't have it's a lie yeah i like it's, this lie it's not always on you, you don't think you think you can power through everything with willpower you just don't have that much willpower <laughs> it runs right. out your your battery runs low yeah quickly another lie a balanced life when you act on your priority you automatically go out of balance giving more time to one thing over another so how do you feel about this, Kurt? I know he he really digs deeper into this, into the idea of a balanced life, and he doesn't believe in a balanced life, a quote-unquote balanced life. And we did a episode a while back on equanimity. Gary kind of leans towards, okay, you're going to have seasons of your of your life where you're out of balance. You're, yeah. you're buckling yeah. down and you are working hard and and maybe your career is taking the front seat to some other priorities mm-hmm. in your life. And he seems to feel like that's okay. And I'm not sure I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, this one's more controversial sure than any of the other ones, for sure. I'm not sure I yeah. disagree with it. Uh, but I will say this, you know, if you look at your day, you do have, you do have parts of your day where it's, you're going to create, there, there's going to be some imbalance, mm-hmm. right? You may have to concentrate on some things uh, that doesn't feel like a, the highest priority, but they're the most important thing to get done right then. He used the term counterbalance life, where you could be working for the job and you're noticing your personal life is really getting out of hand. And you're, you're going to probably, you're better off taking care of that personal life issue and let the, the work life take a back seat. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of comparison he's making there too. But the, the, to think you can live, the lie is life just isn't balanced. So, Right. Not perfectly right. balanced. I think that's where he's going. But that's a, that's a good conversation there. But I tell you, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm to be unbalanced, I'd rather it be unbalanced into things that are really important, mm-hmm. deeply right. important, family relationships, contribution, those types of things yeah. instead of career building. Yeah. I mean, you have a health scare. <laughs> you got to go take care of that. And so other things are going to fall by the wayside and that's okay. I guess my point is if I am going to be imbalanced, if I'm going to make a mistake towards imbalance, hmm, I'd rather make the mistake towards imbalance to the things that I really hold dear. Big is bad. I know the last lie that he mentions here. People are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the only ones who do. Where have I heard that? There's I, That's a quote, but that's not a Gary Keller quote. I think you're right. Sorry not to attribute that's, I've that heard to that. who I who it was. I'd like to find out who, who said that. It's probably attributed to a half a dozen people. Yeah, right. Right? Probably Thomas Edison. <laughs> or Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. This is the one where he says, there are some things you think are really <laughs> difficult. 
And they might be, but it's amazing how you start focusing on something and it seems to get easier and it's not as difficult as you, you once thought. You get that one little question answered and like, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And then you've been mm-hmm. locked up. I've had those things, you know, my little home projects. Was it the, I had this wall that the dogs, I had three dogs. It was the, it was where they rescued me from the mailman every day. In my picture window in my family room, they would bark and chase the mailman every single day and jump on the, the windowsill <laughs> and all the sheetrock right below it, Joe. And they damaged it pretty badly. And I had a big heater underneath it, electric heater. And serious, I would look at that thing. How am I? It was the most strangest. I was like, I'm going to have to replace like a big patch of sheetrock. It was just not a, a project. I was used to doing, of course you got YouTube and I started getting, looking into it. <laughs> I even asked my wife, I said, how are we going to get that electric? How, how is that thing wired into the wall? I don't like electrical things too. I'm a little, that, those things intimidate me. You know, it was, I couldn't believe it. She said, you know, your dad and I, when we first moved in, took that off. It was really easy. I said, it is. Would you believe there was two screws that held that thing in? And then this thing's like, I'll be this darn. thing is like. 10 feet long, like two screws held it in. You probably spent what weeks, <laughs> months, months staring maybe, at that, worrying thing. about it, thinking about it, <laughs> staring at it. And it took you five minutes. I to mean, fix honestly, it. one we'll early morning off. before she got up, I had that thing off. I was patching it. I bought a couple of bigger patches for some of the areas. And I really just, what is that mud you pack in there? Mm-hmm. I got it all. Sure. Now I got, now I got to figure out how to, match the paint it's like, it's like your wall behind you yeah i was going to ask you did you get it did you get it sanded down and nice yeah, and i sanded it and pretty decent i didn't paint, paint it yet though anyways my lesson learned there that little job was not as tough as i thought it was all right the truth so we talked about the lies this this is where it gets into some of these questions that you can you know if you ask the right question it can really help to move you forward says, he was talking about Dale Carnegie. Oh, no, this is the Carnegie. What's the Carnegie that's the big, the wealthy one? Andrew, Andrew Carnegie. Carnegie. <laughs> uh, he had a talk entitled The Road to Business Success. He discussed his life as a successful business person, and he gave this advice, Joe. And here's the prime condition of success, the great secret. Concentrate your energy, thought, and capital exclusively upon the business in which you are engaged. Hmm. There you go. Andrew Carnegie was pretty good at all that. Mark Twain agreed with Carnegie and described it this way. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming task into small, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. I totally, I like that. You talk about that too, with your, your yep. tiny habits. <laughs> yep. Start on the first one, no matter how insignificant it seems, just gain some momentum and make course corrections as you go. Then he says the answers come from questions. The quality of the answer is directly determined by the quality of the question. You can ask one question, the focusing question. Anyone who dreams of an uncommon life eventually discovers there is no choice but to seek in an uncommon approach to living it. So at the beginning, I was telling you, Joe, there's one big question 
That's the focus of this book. He says, what's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? But he gets into, again, asking questions. And I found this pretty, pretty cool. And he put it into different categories. For instance, for your job. What's that one thing I can do to ensure I hit my goals this week? Such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. I think at work, what's something that can have impact? We were talking about that 80-20 rule. You can get so into a routine of just doing tasks, answering someone's questions, and it's helpful for, for that. But is it really moving the ball forward? Or is there something you want to learn? That my In my work, I have to be constantly learning. If I'm not doing some kind of training on a regular basis, we actually have a goal to have 40 hours of training for the year. Hmm. And I think that's a fantastic thing. So we always got to be learning things and, and teach. I, I spend a lot of time teaching others too. That's always a really important thing I do. So what's that one thing you can do that has impact for my spiritual life? What's the one thing I can do to help others? That's a great question to contribute. Yeah. What's one thing I can do to contribute to my community, to my, to my church? You start asking yourself these questions. It'd be interesting. Sit quietly during your morning routine, Joe, and ask these questions. You'll get the answers. It can be overwhelming to think about that one thing because you can think of a thousand things to do. But the one thing that will move the needle the most, the one thing that maybe by doing so will make everything else unnecessary. Yeah, I like asking. I like walking around. That's a hard question. This is not easy. That's the, that's the trick. If you can find that thing that you agree is the, the thing I should be working on right now. For my physical health, what's the one thing I can do to achieve my diet goals? We talked about that in the first part. <laughs> What's the one thing I can do to ensure that I exercise? What's the one thing I can do to relieve stress? These are great questions, man. What's the one thing you can do to relieve stress? Take a nap. You might might find that it's something that is completely out of the ordinary. You You might find yourself, hey, what's the one thing I can do right now to relieve stress? I just might take a nap. Yeah. Sometimes you feel right? guilty. You can't be afraid of any answer that comes your way when you ask yourself that question. And even if you don't think it's the right answer, Kurt, it's if, if something comes to mind from your heart, whatever that means, really. But if you ask yourself that question and something rears its head, explore yeah. that, right? Explore that path and see where it takes you. For your personal life, what's the one thing I can do to improve my skill at fill in the blank podcasting? What's the next thing I could do? What's the one thing I can do to find time for myself? Get up earlier. For my relationships, what's the one thing I can do to improve my relationship with my spouse, partner? What's the one thing I can do to improve my children's school performance? These are great questions. He's got a whole chapter, these these pages. I think I found these very, very profound. For my finances, what's the one thing I can do to eliminate my credit card debt? What's the one thing I can do to increase my net worth, increase my cash flow, 
These are great questions. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out. So that's where I'm at for this book, The One Thing, for now, Joe. What message do you take from this this discussion and this first part of uh, The One Thing book that we've covered that will move you closer to intentional living? I think about this a lot. That's why this book, I wanted to read this book. I think you really always have to prioritize what you're doing. I've always been a busy person. I always have a lot of things that I'm juggling. But when you're trying to think of living intentionally, what's the, what's the one thing that is, is a priority for you right now? So he, he talks about that right, right from the beginning. He talked about some of the lies. I really like these questions. You ask the right questions. Of those lies, will you read those lies off again, Kurt? I will. The six lies between you and success. Everything matters equally. We think that. That's not true. Multitasking. A disciplined life. Because he says, if, if you have habits, you don't, you don't need to be disciplined. Right. Are these now the, the lies, are they, are they, I'm not looking at the book. I, you might be looking at notes or, or the book itself. Are these in like an outline form where you can just read the headline? Yeah. Like yeah. list form. Yeah. Let's just let, I'm, I'll roll through that list real quickly. The okay. six Everything lies. matters equally. Multitasking. Okay. A disciplined life. Willpower is always on will call. A balanced life. And big is bad. Of those six, I think the one that resonates most with me is willpower is always on will call. Because I'll speak for myself. I've spent a lot of my life as a, hey man, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make it happen. And sometimes that has served me well, but I think many times it has not. And I've just tried to, instead of intentionally move forward in life, I've just tried to bulldog it, Mm. right? And in that attempt to just bulldog it, to just try to willpower my way through stuff, uh, I've been very ineffective. Very ineffective during times that I thought I was very effective, <laughs> right? Very ineffective when I thought I was being very mm. effective. And when I look back, I think, wow, if you would have just taken a step back and developed a routine consistently, you would have been much more effective. Right. So that that of those six lies, that's the one that resonates the one, the most with me. That's good. Yeah. That's probably one of the ones that you, you might not have been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love the questions. I really think if you sit quietly and ask yourself some of these questions in an area you want to focus on, you'll get a few ideas of where to start working on that one thing. I love the start, the start to this, this new series, intentional living, living intentionally, Mm -hmm. whatever we're calling it. Uh, I love the start of this. Uh, Those, those questions, those myths, those lies, the idea of focusing on one thing to live intentionally. I think we're off to a good start, man. Thanks Joe. I'm interested to see the difference that you see or as you pull out some, 
topics from essentialism, the book, because I did yeah. look through that book. I remember at one point, I don't know if I bought, I don't know, I don't have cliff notes on it or something, but it was like, I think it was very close to the one thing. So I'm curious to see if we find some differences there or new insights. Yeah, I'll be cover. I'll, I'll, I'll cover essentialism next week. Uh, Greg McCowan also wrote a book called Effortless, interestingly enough, as a follow-up to essentialism. I might, I might pull a little bit from Effortless, Effortless right. as well, because they're, they're complementary books uh, that, that are all about intentional living and how to set up your life to live intentionally. Let's finish up, Joe. Let's talk about our win for the week. Did you have a win for the week? This is an interesting win for me, Kurt. I have scheduled breakfast with my daughters over the next few months. And uh, I intend to have at least one breakfast each month with each one of my daughters. It's important to me. I, I'd, I'd, like, I'd, like, I'd like to have that one-on-one time with my kids. And my wife and I, we get a lot of one-on-one time, but I really want to be intentional with uh, spending time with my with my daughters and making sure we maintain a good relationship and our life doesn't get lost mm. in the sauce. Uh, I think about this song, uh, The Cats in the Cradle. Absolutely. You ever heard that song? Harry Chapin. By yeah. Harry Chapin. I almost can't even listen to that song. It's so emotional. Um, uh, me, me too. <laughs> me too. I remember listening to it when I was younger, thinking about my dad. And now I listen to it thinking about my kids. And it it draws the same emotion. So I want to be very intentional in making sure I, I have some some good one-on-one time with each one of my daughters mm-hmm. every month. So I sat down and called them and scheduled a breakfast with each one of them over the next few months. And that's important to me. So I'm going to call that my win for the week that I, that I intentionally did that to make sure I, I maintain the relationship, this relationship with my kids and make sure that we get some good one-on-one time. How about you? I like that you do that, Joe. You've been doing that. There's time on you. That's fantastic. Yeah. It can, it's harder when they're adults. For sure. It is. To get that. It is. Fortunate, as we're speaking, we record many times on a Tuesday. I'm taking the day off, and I'm going with my daughter to New York City to see Fan of the Opera, taking the train down. Speaking of time with daughters, right? Yeah, I only have one daughter, but I am doing that with my daughter. We do get some good times going to shows. That's awesome. That's awesome. My win for the week, related to a little bit, we talked last week, I was really pleased that I had a, a conversation. It was a hard conversation with a, a good friend who's, whose father passed away. I learned that his dad suffered many challenges with cancer over a long period of time, several different bouts, Joe, and it was kind mm. of shocking to me, some of the health things that he went through. But as you know, and everyone can get ready to take their drink, but I have another podcast Deacon on Walt Disney World. Drink up. Here's one drink. <laughs> and we've got a pretty fantastic community. I asked Glenn, my friend, what could we do? Is there a charity maybe that we could collect some funds for as a community? Because I knew they'd want to do something. That He's a special person in our community. Do you have any idea? Maybe you already know how much we raised for the American Cancer Society. How much? A thousand dollars, over a thousand dollars. Holy yeah. smoke! Actually, Holy I think I told smoke. you this last Saturday, so that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah, but 
you know, I had to act like I didn't know. So it, to give you something to talk shocked. about, dude, I didn't want to steal your thunder. I was really, that was fantastic. We've done some fundraising before. That was done in within a couple of days. And so really proud of that. I know I announced it on my podcast that released on Monday. We hadn't told them they were supposed to send an e-card. I don't know whatever happened with that. When you donate, you sh- the two brothers were supposed to get e-cards on that. They did, they learned about it hmm. from my podcast being released. It just so happened. Jeff Glenn's brother was on my podcast doing a trip report. And it, 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 I mean, I recorded it six weeks ago. It just happened to be this past week. And I was able to announce that as part of the close out of the show. So that was pretty cool. Fantastic. And then we're, we're finishing, we finished up our 30 day challenge. We're starting a brand new one We're we should be about a week into it as this comes out. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening to this, it's sometime, it's sometime after the 10th of it's on the 10th or uh, sometime after the 10th of March, we started our 30 day minimalism challenge on the 4th of March. So we are just about a week into it. So my question for you is if you're participating in the 30 day minimalism challenge, <laughs> how you doing? Are you listening to the daily podcasts every day? Are you following the Facebook posts? Are you, are you getting rid of, uh, are you getting rid of the things in your life that, that don't bring value? Uh, how are you doing? I don't, I can't tell you how I'm doing on my 30 day challenge because as we're recording this, it is the 28th of February. <laughs> we're going to start on Saturday. <laughs> and so we're starting on the fourth, uh, but still, how are you doing? That's my question. I keep seeing things and I, I know the list a little bit. I was in the garage. We had a lot of snow. We had eight inches of snow in that section of my garage. That's kind of crowded where my snow blower was. I was thinking about it, Joe. I'm thinking of the things I'm going to throw away. I think that's the Saturday, the first item. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting started with this. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Well, by this time, by this time, you're six deep <laughs> in it, man. Six days deep in it. So you've got some momentum. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Like I said, here we are on, you're listening to this on the on the 10th or after the 10th. And uh, hopefully... Uh, you've listened to our our podcast every single day. Uh, that's available if you're if you're a Patreon member to listen to that podcast every day. If not, uh, we have we've we've released the list on Facebook, and we've also we're also going through each day with that 30 day minimalism challenge. And it's all about it's all about living intentionally. It's all about getting momentum to simplify your life, removing the things that aren't important, and making room for the things that are. So you just mentioned the Patreon. We had another win as a dudes in progress. We got our first Patreon supporter. How about that? Let's thank Daniel Ginger. Mr. Ginger, a good friend of both of ours. Uh, (laughs) The crowd's going wild. I certainly appreciate Daniel. Thank you for your support, Daniel. Love you, man. I put out, so we're doing the after show. We, Joe and I will chat for like 30 minutes after what are we talking about, Joe? How the show went? Yeah, we typically talk about how the show went, what's going on, uh, things maybe we should have covered, may, things we might want to cover in the future. And it's just a debrief from the show, and it's a chance for a couple a couple pals to catch up. Yeah, well, that's why I put three of those out from our past shows, and we'll be continuing to put those out every week as a start for thanking you guys for 
being Patreon supporters. Perfect. What's your resource for the week? I have a resource uh, that dovetails very well into intentional living. It's a Google Chrome extension called Simple Blocker. And what Simple Blocker is, it's a, it's free. It's a free Google Chrome extension and allows you to easily block any number of websites of your choosing. It's a really clean interface and it's really a great, it's a great way to boost your activity because it, it allows you to set a timer, a period of time that websites are blocked. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it blocks programs or not. I think it's just websites. It's just websites, but it doesn't, you can put Facebook or you can put anything, any, any website you want or subdomains of a website or the whole website itself. Uh, I like it. I like simple blocker a lot. I use it periodically. Uh, but as I'm, as I need to gain focus at work, I'll turn that sucker on and it, it won't let me go to any place other than what, where I need to be. What's an example of something you're blocking? I'll block, I'll block YouTube. I'll block uh, Facebook. Uh, I might block news websites. I might block many things that that will give me that little dopamine hit uh, instead of actually doing the work. All right. Simple Blocker. Check it out. Simpleblocker.com, I believe. There's a link in today's show notes. I like your little tools. That was a good one hmm. last week with the last pass. Definitely. For sure, too. All right. Mine, well, mine's pretty obvious. Mine's the book. The one thing, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And I'll continue covering the last part of that, second half of that book next week. And now Good a, book. Good book. A quote for the week, Joe. You must be single-minded. Drive for the one thing on which you have decided. George S. Patton. Oh, you did good on yours. I like yours, Joe. One of the great leaders of our time, yeah. very direct and straightforward. I like a good George S. Patton quote. I love that movie. That that movie comes with on. George C. Scott. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, if that movie comes on, I can get really caught up, and it's a long one. Yep, you can catch great it. movie. But talk about that was his. He was well, really well known for, and maybe I don't know if he did he invent it. Really, maybe not. I guess the Germans were. With their blitzkrieg, mm -hmm. just pushing forward as fast as they could go. That was, boy, he was, he moved the ground he covered to get to Bastogne in World War II during the Battle of the Bulge. He's very much known for it. But the lightning speed that he moved and pushed his troops made a big difference in the Allies winning the war. So I'm going to... I'm going to try to clean up my favorite George S. Patton quote. This is a good one. You must be single-minded, drive for the one thing on which you have decided. Uh, but I love this quote from this other one from George Patton. I'll try to clean it up. All right. uh, get the beep button ready. <laughs> no war was won by some poor sucker dying for his country. Wars are won by making the other dumb poor sucker <laughs> dying for his country. Die for his country. <laughs> Yeah, he was a character. That's <laughs> that's for certain. So George S. Patton, yeah, colorful guy, absolutely. I've been watching on Amazon a bunch of World War II kinds of. They have a lot, even like foreign films that are I've really enjoyed. 
I watched one this past weekend. Did you know England was occupied by Germany? There was an island, the Jersey, the Jersey, something. It's, it's an island off of the coast of England. Hmm. It was under occupation. Wow. It was a fascinating wow. movie. And there was Russian prisoners of war there that were being treated horribly. And this family, one, one escaped and they protected him for a while and they got caught. And it's a horrible ending because the woman who was arrested finally, and it was right near the end of the war, ended up dying in prison camp. Hmm. Only one from, I think she might have been the only person from England who died in the the prison camps. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was yeah, totally true story. All right. On a I think you liked my Bruce Lee quote last week, Joe. I did. I did. So I saw this one. I had to do another one. The successful warrior is the average man with laser like focus. Bruce Lee. Last week's quote. What was last week's quote, Kurt? I don't fear the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. There you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a great Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was phenomenal, man. Yeah. He was phenomenal. I like what a loss. Well, speaking of biographies, I've seen biographies on him that are pretty good. Good quote, man. Bruce Lee's always good for a. Good for a quote. I, didn't a know, deep, I don't think I knew a, it that he was until searching just a for tough, him. He's a, not only a, I like tough guys who are deep thinkers, man. And his philosophy on life, his philosophy on work, his philosophy on fighting, uh, when to fight, how to fight, where to fight is really, he's, he's an interesting, interesting guy. He died pretty young too. He did. He right? did. Was yeah. he, he must've been in his thirties. Do you remember the, the show Kung Fu? Yeah. Yeah. That was his show. His, he brought that to the television network, that movie, that show Kung Fu. And he wanted to star in it, but they, they, they gave it to David Carradine because they didn't think an Asian in that big of a role would go over well. I know. That's right. Amazing. I remember that. Bruce Lee. Fist of Fury. <laughs> Game of Death. What was the... Yeah. Good stuff. The one where they had the island. That's the most famous one. Enter the dragon. Enter the dragon. Right. Yep. That's the that's the quintessential. We're almost into the after show movie. now. Yeah. All right. All right, Kurt. As we go into next week, I want us all to remember: progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. Joe, next week I will try to do better than next time. We always do. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs>